Hello and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we talk about some Dungeon Dragons and discuss how we might include them in our role-playing campaigns. We're back for round two, myself and as always, my wonderful co-host, Hamilton. Hello. Hello, hello, how are you? I'm good. You know something I didn't mention the other day is I have been listening to some old versions of the DMs Book Club. Oh, oh no, this is really awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, because you know what? I didn't realise I did as an idiot when I first listened to the show before mm-hmm. I, when I was a fan of the show before I came on the show. Um, <laughs> and you too, listener, can also be on this show <laughs> by just simply listening to it and going, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise I had not listened to season one at all. I'd gone straight to season two and listened from there. And I went back and I was like, I haven't listened to season one because I obviously oh. it was, it probably was when I came into it, you were mm. doing season two. Mm-hmm. And so you label them episode one for each season, yeah. never says what season it is, because I know a lot of podcast places by season. season. Yeah. So obviously I just started there and I was like, I haven't listened to all of these ones. Wow. So I thought I'm oh, going to yeah. listen to them because, it, oh. you know, I always, I, I try and listen to ours and the ones that you do without me oh. as much as possible. Just as you know, you've got to, you've got to watch the game afterwards to sort of get tips on how you could be better. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I always find them interesting to dispatch, but I was into them and they were, they were really good. I was really oh. enjoying them. And I was thinking, oh, that Ryan chap, he's quite knowledgeable. <laughs> he, yes. he knows what he's talking about. Well, sometimes, sometimes. I think we we know what we're talking no, about we now. No, I'm just, I'm just going, no, we we now. <laughs> now we know our stuff about Planescape, at least. Yes. Which is lucky because I'm moving on. What are we talking yep. about today? Wow, seamless. Yes, today. So we're back from round two of our Planescapes box set. We looked into Sigil and the Outlands and then yep. a little bit into Mort's Plane Parade. But now we thought, mm. we have a whole episode just discussing basically the adventure which is turn of fortune's wheel yeah. which is an adventure set in uh, mostly sigil and then quite a bit of it in the outlands well i'd so, say sorry. it's probably a good lot of it's in the outlands actually yeah actually yeah it's the other way around really so yeah you start off in sigil go out to the outlands and then back again mm. and it feels like again just just on the off it's uh, a very interesting adventure because of the mechanics that are involved yeah. in it as well i'm sure they've had it in maybe older adventures and i definitely have not experienced this mechanic, but I've, we've talked about this mechanic in Dark Sun. This idea that you have more than one character that you've mm. rolled up, essentially. The difference is being that the characters you have in this particular uh, adventure are versions of the same character compared yeah. to Dark Sun, which was uh, lots of different characters. Because you're probably your character's going to die. Yeah, yeah, pretty much in a desert-like plane. I'm just going to say, yes. I've got to put it out. Do it. They've copied me again. Fiona. Oh no! Wizards have been listening to DM's book club. <laughs> yeah, they have. Yeah. And Dragon's mm-hmm. Jewel, Shattered mm-hmm. Realm. I mean, Vandelver, the book before was called the Shattered Obelisk, using the same font from that episode. And mm-hmm. then this one, they do a Planescape adventure where the players start as split personalities of the same player, mm-hmm. who then gain their all their levels again halfway through. I'm watching you. And you've been not... watching me. This is just my overall feeling of it. Like I really enjoyed the adventure mm. overall. It's a long one. In yeah. total, there is, I'm just checking. Ultimately, there's 15 chapters and mm. then the conclusion. So it's a very, again, very long book. And each of them are leveled up. Uh, you get levels in them. Yeah. The ones in the middle in part two, you don't have to do them in a particular order. It's just as and when the sort of the GM wants you to go there. But the starting bit of it, it feels very much like when we talk about heists, and I know that previously we've we've obviously waxed lyrical about dragon heist. 
that's not necessarily a heist heist per se mm. like in terms of like here's a casino here's you know that what we maybe what i envisioned like you know like uh, oceans 11 that sort of thing whereas right at the beginning of this book you are introduced to the fortunes wheel this this incredible planescape casino which mm. is very vibrant and has lots of very interesting little bits in it that again you don't have to have that uh you could have that in other adventures as well maybe you know you meet shemeska who is the casino owner and just have that really cool casino and other things it just feels very very to me very very established that here is a really cool setting that you want to have in your games whether it's like a, a james bond type thing whether if you want to have like like i said that high site oceans 11 type thing here's a really cool casino that's really well mapped out for that it feels like since talking about the heist the keys from the golden vault mm-hmm. i think they took in that book a real good attempt to build on a trope but in really interesting ways in completely different machinations which i think set them up really well for a planescape adventure in some respects because those were very much like let's look at things in quite an abstract way and i Mm -hmm. think that that's kind of been translated quite well into this i don't know if the same writers were on it a couple of them are but certainly one yeah. person that definitely has been featured quite a bit in quite a few of the other ones is mm. uh justice yeah he's the lead on these yeah he was the one that created out my favorite uh radiant citadel adventure which is the concordant express you mean the heist adventure yeah sorry that's Old what Bob. i meant yeah yes <laughs> which turns up in this as well again which turns it? up in this but he also did the uh Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but the, I, I ran it. The uh, the, the, uh, the Radiant City one you ran, yeah, yes. Yeah, I ran that one with, with the, uh, Golden, the Golden Sun one, which was really, yeah. really good. So yeah, so some really cracking writing in this adventure as well. Mm. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. So we yeah. start off this adventure where you wake up in a mortuary. Just like the Planescape game, talking with Mort again. He's there again. This sort of pointed out again, a really interesting concept. You don't really know who you are per se. You're a bit groggy and you have mm-hmm. to fight your way out of this mortuary because obviously you have died yeah. and you're not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to come back. And so there's a little bit of body horror stuff. There's a little mm. bit of uh, some fun sort of like puzzles and stuff like that. But I think my only criticism really of this first really early section is that Mort doesn't really come with you and i don't know if that's obviously in the video game if they come with you a lot because I, I will be honest i haven't played it he's there the whole time doesn't come with you he's waiting for someone i'm like no nah, the player's gonna take them with him <laughs> like, yeah not gonna... i think it maybe it's trying to express that he's waiting for the character in the planescape game that they mm-hmm. go along with oh that makes more sense but yeah obviously yeah. you aren't there's a talking skull creature you're like of course i'm gonna take them especially when they've given you this all this information about you know who you are like you've died uh, we yeah. need to get out. Um, there'll be people outside. Yeah, just just don't worry about you know, like giving you bits of information, mm. and you're like, cool. Well, you're coming with us because we don't know who, where we are, what the hell's going on. I mean, like, have you played Monkey Island? I played like a little bit of okay, it. Okay, because Murray is a talking skull in that, and of one course. of the best characters in it as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think everyone loves a good talking skull. You've got to have a lot of charisma, I think, if you're going to be you're going to make it as a talking skull. <laughs> we just talk about like again with the way you role play mortars about being a bit funny, a bit cheeky, yeah. very charismatic. But mm. what's interesting is that instantly it does talk about this glitch uh, that you don't mm. necessarily have to tell the players about. Like this idea that when your character dies, mm. then another version of yourself appears in a room close by, uh, so you never truly, truly die. It's cool. It's a good mechanic for make it maintaining characters you know keeping characters from dying is kind of a cool idea Mm. really it's a good way of making it work especially in a place which does have quite a few death traps in it that it does talk about it and as a way to introduce it it does talk about like the two ways of like creating characters that you could either get them to roll them all up at the beginning or do it as and when you know a character dies but it does sort of talk about like not mentioning the glitch if you're doing that makes no sense and there are no spoiler alerts 
the reason why they're dead is a spoiler for the twist in the story. So that's sort of understandable. But you could still play that by any other way. You don't have to reveal who kills them, but you Mm. could... Well, it just feels that that is what's kind of missing from the adventure. It's like my one was that someone cast Wish at the same time as the same as two people cast wish at the same time yeah and so that's what causes the glitch and that splits reality because one wishes for someone to have infinite power over the universe and one was for them to to never exist so how Mm. can you never exist but have infinite power over the universe or whatever Mm -hmm. that's an an, affordable glitch making tactic and it feels like that's what's missing it's like because I'm trying to think, what, what, why is there a glitch? I don't understand why there's a glitch. So yeah, it explains it right at the end how it's happened. No, I know. That's what I mean. At the beginning, you're like, well, I don't get it. Yeah, let the GM know what's going on. Like, because they're usually quite good at giving, like, here's a flowchart about how to how to run this adventure, and here's what's really going on. And that is missing a little bit. Even if there was just the, the initial scene is like you feel blood rolling down you, your mind's foggy, and then you see visions of other selves of you and existence and realities you've never seen before, but it's you and you don't understand it. And then the next thing you do is you wake up, you know, like just that introductory piece of like, and then you wake up in the mortuary, but give them some sort of like dream sequence that maybe abstractly explains there's some sort of weird glitch in multiple versions of your reality and then jump you in. That doesn't have to explain the twist. It just says... Oh, by the way, there's a glitch. Do you know what I mean? There's no mention of it apart from you, when you die, a character that looks like you turns up. Which I guess can feel a bit like jarring. So this, that's yeah. what I'm going to say about the this, the session zero stuff and lines yeah. and, and veils. I'm the sort of person who only creates one character. But then if I'm told, yeah. okay, your character's died, I need you to, we're going to take a break. I need you to roll up another character that's similar, that has the same stats to you within 15 minutes. I'm like, wait, what? At least then if I've got sort of like, hey, because of the glitch stuff, there'll be multiple versions of you. Then I could be like, okay, I can at least pick out, oh, I want to be another character, version of character is a ranger and they have this element that's different. And so I can actually help and play into it. And just also because some people might be like, oh, that's not for me. And then you could be like, okay, well, we'll work around this glitch in another way that, I don't know, you come back, but you've got exhaustion. Mm. Or something, you know, like, it's because some people might not appreciate the glitch in a certain way. They're like, mm. something's different about that person. Or just have them glitch in and out every so often. Yeah. Like, just have them, mm. I don't know. You, do you know what I mean? Just suddenly you look at your friend who's like uh, currently a Gisserai wizard, and then they're wearing these robes, and then suddenly, oh, you look like a humanoid with elvish ears, and they sort of glitch in, and then you can form back again. They're mm-hmm. like, what was that about? I don't know, just have them glitching as a, that's what I would do to sort of help reinforce it. That would be a better one where it's more of an appearance thing. Yeah. And so you keep this everything. Yeah. It's just, you just feel sick perhaps because you're you're being pulled apart by different dimensions and it's getting worse. Yeah. Yeah, Because if people don't want to handle how, you know, up to three, it Mm. it is very fair on this to say it was up to three. But again, the opposite way is true. You could probably have as many different kinds of, versions as you want because we had two campaigns running in our one where we had two characters playing two different ones we did it like mm. you could cast a spell like if you were one of the, uh, chloe's character was an artificer and their other half was a sorcerer so i let them cast a sorcerer spell once per day mm-hmm. randomly i would just say oh you can you know and they'd be like what that's cool you know stuff like that so sort of let them you know, like when it was thematically appropriate that things were going a bit wrong for them, maybe mm. they start glitching in and their other character sort of gives them a bonus benefit. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. This is just for people who want to run this adventure, little ideas 
based on someone who's done something similar. Because yeah, ultimately, the, the start is really interesting. So obviously, mm. you know, you get out, you surface yeah. in situ, and then you meet someone and goes, hey, I know someone who can help you. And that's yeah. how you get into the fortune's wheel. But I yeah. feel like, again, it's very much A to B, C. But then you could get into situ and go, right, what the fuck is going on? Maybe you all split up. Maybe you realize that you need each other's help. And then, you know, you go to that, uh, you know, Sigil and Outerlands source book mm. and then using some of the stuff we've got there, explore the wars a little bit before you get to uh, Fortune's yeah. Wheel, etc. And then when you get there, I can just visualize it very well, this idea of Fortune's Wheel. Again, I love mini games. I'm a massive fan of doing mini games and having like, I think it was in the Golden Vault, they had this idea of um, Dragon Ante. And then you, if you buy the game, Dragon Ante, you could play it for real and all that sort of thing. And I just imagine if you were having any part of the adventure in Fortune's Wheel for a long time, because that's how you meet Shimeshka, who is the antagonist, essentially, of this adventure, then you want to be like, okay, we're going to have a whole session here. What, what are you playing? What are you doing? And it details like the details for the games. For yeah. the little, uh, like There's a dragon encounter you have to deal with, uh, like, a, uh, like a, a dragonborn encounter who's like, I hate this place. I'm, and you're like, oh, we'll calm them down or yeah. they'll leave, etc. And all your sort of good deeds or stuff that's going on in the casino is noticed. And again, mm. has a little bit, tiny bits of benefits later on as well. The structure of this is very different. Like overall, like with not only these little things that you're talking about, like um, mechanics that are related to the way mm. you're playing and what you're doing, but also like this introductory thing, like the Philosopher's Cubs, it's a lot more work on the DM's front on this. You, you've got to read the other books and be very knowledgeable about Sigil to start this off because it mm. kind of goes, they get out to Sigil and here's someone's going to take them places, but do some encounters. Yeah. Here's a, where you can introduce three of the factions, but maybe your characters want to join a faction. How are you going to do that? Maybe you need mm. to have this conversation. You know, having run two, three campaigns that I've done in Planescape, it's a really difficult thing to be like here is sigil do you know what i mean like yeah. how do you interface with it how do you get it across in a three-hour session you know mm. or something like that or maybe you don't you can't obviously but it's no. like this does it in a very much like well here's a little bit of an encounter with three main factions here's a harmonium mm. guard that gives you a bit of a knowledge of harmonium maybe you could put some mercy killers and someone could mm. mention the governors at least but I think it does a good job of like giving you little piecemeal pieces for then the DM to kind of do. A, you've got to do a lot more prep than than other games because yes. you've got to kind of build that mind map out for yourself of how you're going to get the characters into this new, very different world, I think. And I know we talked about this a lot last episode, but compared to the Spelljammer box set, where the Spelljammer box set was like, okay, you're on your own world, except it's just being destroyed and you get beamed up into the Spelljammer. And yeah, it's all about the Spelljammers and moving places. Yeah. We'll get to the Rockabrow and we spend literally no time at all there really before yeah. you're off around doing other things cool things don't get me wrong yeah but then compared to the source book which talks about the rock of brow in great detail it's like why is it not much more put on here i know it's a bit weird yeah so whereas here obviously it makes sense that you're like hey you could spend a lot of time in sigil before you yeah. go even go to fortune's wheel and that's cool because there's there's so much more to pull on whereas mm. in that spell gem and stuff it's like there's nothing there and that that really made me cross because like the rock of brawl is really cool and it mm. has a great map and all that sort of thing but then the adventure isn't really set there mm. and it kind of like and in you're off and you're going to other places and then it's the ultimately it's not the fate of rock of brawl it's some other you know, population that you have to save yeah there's no good ending for it. And it kind of mm. goes, well, wh why wasn't this mentioned in the other books? So that maybe as a DM, I could flesh it out a bit. I'd be like, oh, because yeah. of things rather than like, why would we care about these people who have destroyed our own home homes? Yeah. Uh, so, no, so 100%. Whereas, yeah. Whereas here, it feels a bit more interconnected. 100%. And I think if you do want to have more time in Sigil, here is my, what I've done in a couple of Planescape adventure things. 
if you want to make, you can do the GTA. All the portals mm. are broken. There's your glitch, right? That's always a good one. It's like Sigil gives you a real good GTA moment of the bridges aren't open yet because you can do that. And I did that in two things. So I was thinking, how do you keep people in Sigil? Because the minute you get in Sigil, you wow, go everywhere. And it works really well. And it gives you the opportunity to see it in peril, which means people get a bit more heightened emotions, which means you can tensions rising in streets, mm-hmm. which means you can have more of those interactions that they have there with arguments between different factions and see who the factions yeah. are working with one another. And you get to see those sort of arguments on the streets makes more sense. Mm. And then you get to understand a bit of like how things work because they're not working. Like mm. we can't get to Arboreus, we can't get any food. How are we going to deal with that? And that sort of thing gives you more insight into the world. And then people rallying to the Lady of Pain. It's a good intro. So I, I another one to hand to people for like, yeah. if you want to spend some more time in Sigil, you've got the glitch, make that part of the glitch. And then suddenly, oh, they've all started working again. It's all fine now. Or yeah. some of them started working and they figured it out. That would make sense, I guess, if you're like, okay, we're going out to these planes and then you come yeah. up to the gate town if you didn't want to have necessarily the travel aspect in the Outlands. Because like yeah. we were just talking about, a lot of the, the adventure is about you traveling to places in this big castle, yeah. which we'll come to in a second. Which is equally cool, yeah. Which is very, very cool. Um, I guess it's just a way to explore and make those connections and have, mm. a, have a roaming base, per se, that's outside the Outlands rather than possibly but it also could be your way to be like okay all the gates are broken but Shemeshka knows Mm. you go to see Shemeshka and it's also like I know one that's still working there's a couple that are still working I know the few the network have found this one this one and this one but Mm. really we can only really get you to the outlands Mm -hmm. and I actually have a job for you yeah and it sort of all works very coincidentally, but that's the point. Yeah. You know, it kind of works because it does. That's the thing. And it's very interesting because, again, it tells us really good ways of how to roleplay Shemeshka and then be yeah. like, oh, I can help you with your your glitching problem. No problem, yeah. but I need you to help me. I'm trying to find this rogue Modron called... Mm. I, is it Rome? Is it R-O-4-M? Yeah. I, yeah, because I was, again, I'm I'm really bad at like pronouncing it. So I'm like, I think it's Rome. That's what the... That makes sense. I just... <laughs> I know. I, I'm like R two D two. That's what I'm yeah. like. Is it R O four M? Yeah. This uh, Modron has gone missing from their employer. And they, the story yeah. is a sort of like, oh, they're a bit of a, an accountant. They bounce the books, and we need them back. Mm. And we don't know where they've gone. We can't track them. Go find this person. So then, here's a portal, and they sort of shift you out. Yeah. Chapter four, which is into the Outlands. The adventurers, the party travels the Outlands in search of a fugitive Modron. Their trail leads them to a mysterious castle with the ability to traverse the plane. The Mm. magical fortress has recently been occupied by fiends, which proves to be an impediment to investigating the site, learning more about the missing Modron and exploring the Outlands beyond. Mm -hmm. And so you arrive in the Outlands and they stand in the ruins of weathered black marble. And there's a solitary stone archway with a crane for the portal you just passed through. Glittering deep blue sands spreads before you in all directions. Great impact divots mark the passage of something enormous. The mm. trail leads towards a sudden transition in terrain where a forest of magnetic trees climb craggy hills that look like wizened faces. March further in the distance, impossibly tall stone spire stretches from the horizon of the cloud. So that sort of leads you to this, oh, there's tracks in the floor. Mm-hmm. And that leads you to the walking castle. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the walking castle you find the mosaic mirror. So by the time we get to this castle, you have to basically get to the top and free the owner of this castle by either fighting or mm. stealthing behind these fiends. And yes, in one of the drawers in one of the places, there is this uh, mosaic mirror that this Modron had been using to collect data 
but it is mm. badly damaged thanks to this assault on the on the castle. So in order to restore the entries that it, you know that are missing, uh, you have to go to these gate towns and synchronize this Mimir with the gate town portals and record as characters a description of this place and your experiences in it to feed into the Mimir. And then uh, once all those have been completed, then it would triangulate to a point where you can find this uh, missing hadron. Yeah, I was going through it and I, I I do feel in this mm. adventure it requires a lot of you oh. to be like why <laughs> why is this working because mm. I don't know why I've kind of gone to this random castle and okay now there's a there's a Mirmir okay so the Mirmir was owned by Rome who yes. is the one we're trying to vibe who yes. happenstance seems to be in this Gorgon castle that's nearby where the portal yeah. we went to which is run by this Kisarai. But the Mirmir's gone broken, and but mm. we need to fix the Mirmir in order to then find Rome. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of wheels you've had to crank to get it there. It feels very much, oh, you've just come across a castle where this Modron just was. I think take that Mirmir, put it with Shemeshka. That's she yeah. gives you it the MacGuffin. That's it. And you just happen across this castle. Walking like castle. As, yeah, as a cool thing to help you cross the plains. If you don't find it. You get across the plains your own way. You yeah, know? exactly. Because uh, yeah, because it has a really cool history. This idea of this this yeah. guardian that moves the castle yeah. with the uh, gifts Sarai that's there. As the sort of the the guardian. She doesn't say I'm going to put you next to a castle, does she? I don't think she does. She just sends you out into the outlands. I think from my vague memory of it, but I think it makes no sense why she would just go go find it. I'm going to look for your origins. You go find the model without giving something because like she is an arcana loft. She will have ways to track people down. Yeah. But maybe she just doesn't have time. Exactly. You know, like, like she just said, look, here's the last thing we had, you know, this will really help me out. I've, you know, I'm, my hands are tied running the casino, but, but like, I just feel like it just feels really weird for her not to be like, here's something. It would make so much more sense if Shemeska had it. It just doesn't see it. Fit. I know it, we're sort of trying to rewrite things. It's a very nitpicky detail, but it makes sense to me. Because like, what if they're yeah. like, we're not, we don't care about the castle. Because it says like, oh, the castle appears no matter where you go. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, like you know, because maybe yeah. they want to, maybe we want to have these, you know, encounters in the islands. Maybe we want to go see these other realms. I think it's a really great encounter. I think what would be so much cooler is, personally, mm. I would actually probably go, here's the Mirmir. And the portal lands at the foot of the castle, which is not walking, or when it is stationary, or it's in the castle. Or you get to the first gate town. Yeah. You roll randomly, and that yeah. portal takes you to the first gate town. So you're yeah. already there, you've done it. And then you go, right, fuck, where? Oh, God, we have to go to the next one? That's several towns over spire-wise. Yeah. And then you see this walking castle. Exactly, like, yeah. Being attacked by fiends, and you're like, all right. I, I think just because I can feel like as soon as you finish that first part, you're in, out of the outlands, and then you're all right. When the outlands, you go now. Fucking what? Because we're not. It's not a video yeah. game. Yeah. It's not. You know, like it's it's very open world. It's sandboxy, which is fantastic. Right? We love that sort of thing. But if you don't give them a couple of pointers in the right direction, or it just walks over you, I I think that'd be fine. I just think uh... do you know what, it just starts walking. No, it just starts like you your portal come out, and then you just hear boom. Mm. Boom, and you see this thing walking towards you like who, what character is not going to go what the fuck is that and then you see the gift fighting with some fiends on the balcony of it and you're like all right let's go you know that kind of makes it just feels yeah i i totally agree and then most of part two where you're going to these towns mm. we have seven towns in total uh you've got automata you've got cursed excelsior fondel 
Glorium, Rigus, and Sylvana. And then the final sort of two bits is that once you've had those sort of, uh, you've done your encounters, you've synchronized with the gates, you can do a bit more uh, once exploring, which is that, that's, I think, is more important. I feel that should be first in this chapter myself, but whatever. And then obviously the final chapter, the chapter 13, is like, okay, you've got all this stuff. The Mirmir sort of calculates and then says, oh, they're at the spire. Yeah. <laughs> you think, I, which always, I do think is, it makes total sense. But I just like that idea. It goes, ah, oh, this one thing that we can always see in the center of thing. I wonder if the Motron's gone there. It's like um, I'm looking for my keys, but look, they're in the last place to look. You know, which is always the. You know what I mean? It's that yeah. sort of thing. It's, it's always, obvious, it's always yeah. your hand. It's yeah, always it's your always, hand. Yeah, exactly. It's the obvious place. Again, maybe what I would do is I would roll randomly that actually they're in a different gate town to the ones you've explored so mm. that we can explore another gate town because there's just so much. The book gives you 16 of them and we get to explore seven of them in this adventure per se. And I know we'll go into a little bit of each of them in a second, but it just feels like I would love it to be like, okay, randomly, oh, they're actually in chaos. <laughs> and that's they're stuck in the queue. There's a reason that they're in the other gate towns, perhaps. Yeah, The spire stuff is very cool, uh, which yeah. we'll get to as well. But I just was like, for me, I'd be like, I'm sure a smart player would be like, let's go, let's go see what the spire's up to. <laughs> like, oh shit, they're taking the walking castle to the tower. Well, fuck. That's it. Yeah, but you can always be like, oh, then you you hear that sound of Gethsemane's layer or some mm-hmm. of that, or you know, which calls you in, and you know, you can just take them to other places. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could just be like, Rome's not here now. He's not there yet. Oh yeah. He's not true. there. No, no, Rome's not here. Yep. You have to do the gate town bit for him to turn up. The invisible wall saying, you can't pass this area. <laughs> you can go in the area and talk to everyone, but they're like, yeah, we've not heard of this Rome chat. The seven gate towns you get to, there's obviously the neutral one of Automata, and then you have free evil yeah. and free good, which is a nice balance, I yeah. guess. And it happens in threes. Always happens in threes. And it's kind of quite good because it's like, it gives each of them a little like, oh, there's a thing going on mm. in each one. So mm-hmm. in Automata, you've got Gisserai Future is called Aristimus, uh, who's a captain of the guard. If the characters clearly want to use a gate for saying, oh, they travel to Mechanus, they come to his attention, either at the gate or the gate travel administratum. And they give them a job in mind, which is to find this person, which then leads them on a little quest to mm-hmm. the inverse, which is the upside down world for Automata, which is how it maintains its neutrality. Which is fun. I, yeah. I quite like that. But again, it, all the sort of main hooks is like, oh, you can either, to get to the gate, you have to do something, or, or you can easily get to the gate. It's getting out, which is the problem, which yeah. is the which is the like thing with curse. curse. Is, yeah, which is oh, great. Love, yeah. I love curses one. This idea of like, yeah, you're not allowed out, but then you're going to have to break out with someone else who's got a very, this, this NPC, this idea of like a son who's trapped here and the, yeah. the dad and all that sort of thing. I just thought that was a really cool story. It's a good story. The other one's a bit like, Oh, I've got a job for you. Want to check this out? Like, but this one's very much like, well, in the fact of going into curse, you're not allowed back out again. So mm-hmm. you have an already uh, thing you need to overcome, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And, it, and it does it in a really good way. I like that. Excelsior is a bit of a, a mystery one where you're having to work out. Yeah. I'm very interested. I like a little little mystery. Yeah. I'm trying to see how this tiefling individual is definitely lying. And the guard, mm. you talk to your content, it's like, I know they're lying, but I, I have to uphold the ideals of Excelsior. So maybe you have a way that you can think around it mm. that doesn't necessarily involve breaking into their place of abode, but yeah. you can talk to them. And I just thought that was quite, I like that, mm. where, yeah, your service is, is that you, because you are not from the realms, like, oh, thank God. I can, <laughs> you can, I can solve this mystery. Yeah, you can yeah. solve this mystery. No, it's really good. It's really interesting. 
And that's quite a long one, actually, compared to the other ones as well, isn't mm. it? It feels like they are meant to be in this order. I feel that too. I feel it does say like you can do them in any order. Yeah. And a couple of gate towers you can then level up, etc. But yeah. I think, again, unless I rolled randomly, it feels like the order that they've been put in for us mm. to read through is like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like straight after Excelsior, you have uh, Fornell, which is the creatures one, which I yeah. love. It's either cool. political attention, be like, oh, the, the great hunt. But then it is a bit like, okay, we talk to this leader, it's not them. You talk to that leader, it's not them. Not talk them, to this yeah. leader, it's not them. It turns out it's a completely different other, and you're like, oh, yeah. God, God's sake. Yeah. nobody bloody talks to each other. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 100%. Glorium has mm. got some cool whirlworms, which are quite yeah, fun. That's scary. And a living bird ship, which is really cool. The living bird ship is terrifying, but also so cool. It is really cool, but it's definitely one of those video game moments when it's the protect the NPC level. You know, things are attacking you whilst you're on rails and you've got to stop it. But so that you can get from A to B, it's a uh, what's it called? Not a fetch, but it's a uh, protection thing. Protection yeah, yeah, you got to go before the timer goes down. Yeah, exactly. Quick time events. Yeah, it's an escort mission. A hundred percent. There's some great imagery though in that Glorium. Useful, yeah, uh, but I will say my favourite the gate town in this particular adventure is Rigus and this idea of like yeah. again similar to what you were just saying about like an escort mission but this time it's like we're defending and there are things coming yeah, through the portal it's horde mode oh yeah. so good because yeah. then, then you're like well there's something going wrong and trying to find who's a betrayer on your side yeah. of the portal I love that yeah, it's, really, it's really good it's like part mystery part horde mode yeah it's a constant like battle going on mm. it fits obviously with the Acheron theme so yeah I like it all these uh, missions, essentially, mm. to get get close together. I think they are really well tailored into yeah. what's going on. And then you have, again, I think the scariest gate town, which is Sylvania, um, which yeah. is all party. And then you have to entertain someone who's super awkward at parties. And I'm yes. like, no, that's, that's just that's just me. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be myself in a in a D and D game. Well, you're the one that has to entertain awkward people at parties, or are you the awkward person? I'm the awkward person. The person that's like, I I think so. Like, it's described as a giant uh, person who goes, I just want to take part in this. And like, cronk, cronk, cronk. And you're like, no, stop her from taking part in stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like, it's more that you have to like stop the kid from breaking the the vase in a china shop sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, or just ruining things or being too exuberant uh, and squishing like pixies and stuff. It's a classic sort of fantasy trope of looking after a giant that's like Mm. a giant baby. There's got to be something. That's got like a giant baby. Yeah, we we talked about it in um, uh, Big Bees a little bit yeah. about like giant children. They're very very vulnerable, yeah. but they obviously just can't control their actions. Yeah, exactly. They can't control their own bodies like like babies do. Yeah, but, uh, so it's like oh no. But they're big and they will hurt things. Yeah, Co- consequences for everyone. <laughs> And yeah, and then like just quickly looking at the Outlands explorations, talking about uh, various like cool things with like uh, the glitch as well like you know mm. the explorations they might encounter one of these events and just I yeah really the like... glitch encounters are quite cool yeah. yeah I feel like as we go on I know I always say oh wizards love their bloody tables but I feel like they have been really thought about and written it's not just like oh just put in a vampire here <laughs> put in put in a massage but this is what I was saying they needed more of mm. in the beginning than now because it feels like that should be happening in sigil there should be some glitchy yeah. things happening right at the beginning you're right you're right I will say though, I did find I I don't know how if you you caught this. There is the the football match or the the baseball match that goes on between good and evil. Where's that? It's in the Outlands one. It's called Angels in the Outlands, and every three hundred oh, yeah. years, Celestials and Fiends gather to play a ball game in an observation of an ancient agreement between a god and a demon lord. And I was like, is this a play on the football match from World War One? Oh yeah, it is a little bit, isn't a little it? bit. And I was like. 
okay, I guess. I, I mean, like, again, an interesting way of putting it, but I was like, maybe not, I don't know, angels versus demons. I don't know. Oh, the quadrone's called goal. Geo 4-1. The uh, referee, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they play baseball, essentially, and you can pick which team and you can maybe fix if you're on maybe one on the evil team, which mm. I thought was quite fun. You know what? I'm not going to lie. Mm. I did a funeral on that and skipped, skip, skip. Skipped, <gasps> skipped it. <laughs> well, I was just, I was fluffed reading that bit. This is the thing. That is something which you go, okay, this t- we'll take the whole session. But like, oh, I've not prepped the next gate town. Mm. I know. <laughs> They're going to wander into this baseball game yeah. and they'll play it from there. Because it, it's it's fully written out, like what you can do yeah. and stuff. The Time Dragon is yeah, another. Yeah, Mausoleum of Chronepsis, my yeah. favourite place. In my mind, it's much more Dark Souls-y looking because mm. I feel like, Every, you know, dragon's represented as an hourglass and stuff like that. I always That's imagine so it much cool. more darker and much yeah. more gothic, but it's really cool. Yeah, it's I'm, I love that they've gone there. It's one of my favourite places. The only thing with that particular encounter is that I wish there was more of it. Mm. So it talks about like, oh, you meet yeah. the wormling or you meet the old dragon, etc. Like at different points, etc. But I would love it if you had more encounters. So you're constantly crossing paths with this time dragon as you're making it your way around. So that the time dragon right at the beginning, when you meet the H1, is like, hello, mm. friends, you know, that, that yeah. properly like... Like, I will see you again, but you'll see me. That sort of like very Obi-Wan Kenobi type vibe mm. to it and just have a really fun time of it. And then you finally have like a lizard folk who come and join you for a little bit. And they're like, oh, this is very nice. It's a nice castle you've got. Can you take us to our, um, take us to our, to our god's bog? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Like, no idea like that. You do think though, if you're going to speak to a time dragon that can send mm. you 8,000 years into the past or the future, mm. that they might be able to fix your problem. Do you know what I mean? But I wondered if that could be something where... They could hint at, don't trust Shemeshka. Yeah, you think like the time dragon, because it gives you a gift, but you feel like I'd give that as an opportunity. Not, yeah. I wouldn't offer it, but I would be like, if they want to utilize the, the, the abilities of this time dragon, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So let's muck with the glitches. Why don't you try and go back in the past and then mm. have one of your glitch people run up and go do the the Back to the Future too? When they go, are you Marty McFly? Yes, I was told to come here. No one, everyone who had a bed in the office that thirty years time you were going to be here. Do you know when? Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, bit, yeah. And the guy yeah, gives yeah. him the piece of paper telling him where he's meant to go and stuff like that from the past. Mm-hmm. That's what it should be. It should yeah. be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once you've got all the information... Yeah. Beep, bop, bop, bop. Oh, I know the answer. The magic device relates information from the last great Mogadron March. Mm. And one thing I would say, again, I've not read it in its entirety, but I've read the first bit of the Mogadron March uh, adventure module. And mm. it's it's really interesting, this idea that, again, it explains it in the book, this idea that every 200-something years... 87 or something like that. Or yeah, it's something, it's something very yeah. esoteric. And it's like... Yeah. And it changes depending on what you read these Modrons go on a big march around the plains to get an assessment essentially and yeah. in the Great Modron March uh, adventure uh, they start early so of course yeah. all these settlements are, are destroyed and, stuff, and people yeah. don't know what's going on and the spoiler is because somebody has killed Primus uh, which is I know it's great as a result um, but I don't know who because I never finished the march <laughs> That sounds really good, though. I've never read it, actually. I've never read Modron March, but it's one of the greatest ones from 2E, I know, from the Planescape era. But... I'll see if I can find it, and I'll send it across for you for, for just reading in general, because it, it, there's there's some interesting uh, images of Primus coming out of a coming out of some sort of soup, I think, in yes. my memory. It's very odd. Yeah, it regenerates, because it would be the same as, like, if a one below dies, then the next closest one higher up, or the Absolutely. most recent one would ascend. So the Decatron, that's the most recent Decatron, will just become Primus, I guess. Is that what happens? I think so. But again, it, it because it's such a shift, because that's such a big mm. 
takes time for people yeah. to go up and the paperwork yeah. in um, <laughs> the paperwork. it's like oh no murder yeah but yeah so from this they can learn where rome has gone uh like yeah. they followed it to this this place the dendralis dendradis dendradis or dendradis dendradis which is a community that's been carved into the spire in the center mm. of the outlands and within the spire surrounded by the mysteries of the multiverse the characters can finally catch up to rome but they are not <gasps> The first to do so. Dun, dun, dun. And yeah, and because Rome is stuck in some sort of dark weaver's web, which is terrifying. Yeah. I will say though, what's Shemeshka doing at this point? I would have it so that she calls in, checks in every so often. Yeah. As like the overlord benefactor, like the patron. I don't quite understand the whole thing that she's doing as well, because it's like, yeah. spoiler alert. Mm. She's the reason they died. Yes. But then she's like, I'll just see what happens. Instead of being like in the casino, bleh. Do you know what I mean? That's what you do, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think I feel like, I don't know, maybe she just thinks that the Altons will do the dirty work for her. Maybe she's too smug and cunning. But it does feel a bit like, I don't know, like, I, unless like the deeds of what the party has been doing throughout the outlands, throughout the gate towns, like, oh, we solved all these problems. And they go, oh, they're getting stronger. They're getting closer to the truth. I'm going to send out assassins after them. Yeah. And, I think a bit of that would be good. I think just to be like, oh shit, somebody's really looking for this Rome person. Yeah, a couple of encounters that aren't necessarily related to them, but just them being in peril outside of the norm. Yeah, you're right. Would but be like having good. like because there is an assassin that comes with them into this community and then tries mm. to kill them when they find Rome. But mm. it, I do feel like the reasons why Shemeshka wants the monodrama, uh, I guess, because ultimately. It's about the Modron march and having these uh, Modrons stuck in a certain place and they're, they're just boiling mm. point and, and she's hoping to control them in a certain way. But I'm just like going like a little bit too many steps when I think it should be dead straightforward and that maybe your characters were protectors. like the, You were on the march yourselves, you just got caught up in it and then you're like, I need to get rid of the mm. evidence. That sort of thing rather than what what is described at the end as a sort of like, oh, you were too powerful for Shemeshka and she just really didn't like you and you can have your own reasons why you've you decided like, oh, you need to have them connected to the story yeah. in some way you can't just no. plonk them in it does feel a bit like that you also can find a book of our darkness yeah our fave our fave little book there is a, a creature i'm just trying to find them now you need to tell them the secret of the multiverse somewhere. is this not the burn burn the same one yes that has the book of our darkness has, yeah. yeah sorry that's it yeah so the scholar the, yeah, I was just so good. I love stuff like that. Tell me a secret, but because I would, I, as a DM, I would definitely be like, you tell me a secret, and they could be like an actual not well, not a player secret, but it could be like a fact about the real world or something. Like, do you know that that this is not real? Everything is fictional, and we are making this all up in our minds. I'm like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to. <laughs> I'll take that. You know, then you escape the spire once you've got Rome away from the Dark Weaver. Mm-hmm. Some of the on the way out, Acetalis ambush and kill the characters, and then Rome. I'm confused. I'm a little bit confused again. Why they didn't they're doing that again? See, I would just take. I I would have that assassin try to take Rome yeah. from the players. That's what to I go mean. Back but... to, rather than try and kill them all off, yeah. I feel like what Rome has is very valuable to Shemeshka. Yeah. Compared to what the players were, and maybe it was just because they couldn't get a, they couldn't find where Rome was. So you know, keeping them on their toes, like there's definitely some value. So they have to hurry up and get on with the mission. And they're like, oh, thank you. I mean, I I think I'm just going on the fact that it's an Arcanoloth. So maybe they are a bit more like. Well, I haven't. I've killed them. It's not really that important why I've killed them. They're alive. Well, I might as well use them instead of just killing them again because I've actually got this problem I need solving. 
yeah. it's kind of I'm kind of seeing it as that is that as how I'm trying to figure it in my mind is like Shemeski's yeah. like, okay, these people are annoying, kill them. Oh, I hate to break it to you, they've not died. What? Okay. <sighs> and but literally only that day it was like, oh, that Rome character's gone missing. And she goes, All right, I've got a job for them. Do they not know why I killed them? Fine, let's use them. If we yeah. can't kill them, we'll use them. I guess that's the that's the way I have to play it in yeah, my mind. I think it's supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to be like very cunning, very like smooth talking, uh, two birds with one stone type thing. But that kind that, of thing. It does feel a bit a bit of a stretch. Just just knowing myself as a GM going. I'd change it a bit up, I think. I would change it up as well. I don't even think the twist is necessary for the story to work. No, absolutely not. I don't think it's that great a twist because it, it falls down a little bit. I would just have it that Shemeska just tries to kill them because she just wants Rome and doesn't want them. Yeah. And would just be like, I'm done with you now and you're not important to me. Yeah, it, that totally makes sense. You're a means to an end. Yeah. Like, I like the idea that maybe maybe she doesn't know that you are all glitches. Like, in a sense yeah. of, like, she keeps sending people after these people. And because it, so it, yeah. it turns out in the end that... Yeah. Through a MacGuffin within Rome, you can get into the platinum suites of yeah. the casino, which again, some very cool bits and pieces there, yeah. which I feel aren't explored nearly enough. Dungeon Land is cool. Love that. Dungeon Land is so cool. The um the one of the gods fighting at a very sped up speed and then you age as you're putting bets on them. That's like that's very cool, but also yeah. Again, you're like, oh, you've died. Oh, the glitch has appeared. That's okay. And then you go into Shemeshka's chambers where you find she has uh, captured, almost like Pokeball style, these uh, people that she, you know, her enemies and stuff in these balls. And that's where your other counterparts, that's where you were, essentially. Mm. You've been caught and imprisoned in here. But thanks yeah. to this glitch in the universe, thanks to this, these Modrons that are marching in the wrong area. It just doesn't make enough sense. It just doesn't feel... Like, I don't know why, unless they say like, oh, it's a glitch in the magic of these Pokeballs. Mm. I don't know why it then has to relate to the Modrons. Yeah, it's, again, it's like the only connection is like Rome you know, has the information of where the Modrons are that Shumeshka wants to use. But then, so what? Like, it's like, it's kind of all of this is like, so what, so what, so what? Like, that's why I'm like, they should be people that have been caught up. Like when these Modrons were taken, they yeah. happened to be around doing another mission or or something and they were just got taken and then put in this place and they're like, oh, try, you know, I don't know, being pulled apart. I just think it should be one or the other. I just don't think yeah. you need both. I don't mm. think you need the glitch. It's just too coincidental that the people that Shemeshka put in a Pokeball mm. are then glitched out of existence by a, a thing that Shemeshka wants to also figure out, which is yeah. why there's a glitch mm -hmm. because of this Modron. I think I would just have it that Shemeshka's been tasked with figuring out why the Modron thing has gone glitchy. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like everything's yeah. gone glitchy because the Modrons are out of sequence and have got lost. I like that. So she doesn't really know. Yeah. But I don't know why. I, I would just make her part of a faction that is uh, about harmony or something not the harmonium mm. i don't know or she's a faction member of order the fraternity or yeah. i don't know something like that because that would that'd be cool to tie it back into the factions because we again like they are mentioned yeah and they're used in like some of the plot hooks and stuff like that yeah. but it's not like one faction to rule them all or and yeah so the, these people are glitching mm. she's trying to figure out why things are glitching get them on board that's why they go to her because mm. she's trying to figure out the glitch because of these modrons don't have her kill them or have them in the Pokeballs. It just doesn't... You could have her having Pokeballs of people and that could be a kind of weird, freaky thing that you could be like, why you got them? Yeah. But I don't think it needs to be... I don't think it needs to be that. No. Or it could be, like, if you want a twist, once, like, you could have it that you go off and literally the next day, you could even, like, telegraph it a little bit, is that 
the other people in the Pokeballs are glitches of other people who have glitched. And there's only a few people that have glitched. So it's not just you. Yeah. Part of her job is capturing all the glitch people. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That so would she, be interesting. Which yeah. is part of the way of fixing it. And then the last encounter could be, are you the glitch or are you the real one? Yes. Are you going to be put in a Pokeball or not? And you could roll for it mm. or you could prove yourself. You have to, or if the, if you've got it aligned correctly, your belief, then you aren't the glitch people. Mm-hmm. Or she goes, your information you collected was actually incorrect. Unfortunately, you're in the wrong universe. Dead. Pokeball. Yeah. In an alternate universe, there's a version of you that's gone round and got it in the correct situation. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would make much more sense. It feels like every time they try to add too many layers. It's too much. It is too much. It's done a Hamilton. And even Hamilton's noticed it's too much. Even I'm saying it's too un- unreal. What, what I would say that when when you release these other versions of yourself, not only do you have the memories coming back, here's some questions yeah. to help you detail it out, which is really cool. Some of the questions it says about, you know, do others consider you a hero or a villain? So that you mm. could have, you know, I quite like that in terms of like yeah. playing like, you know, what it is, what accomplishments were you known for, etc. But it then, once you've un- unlocked your other incarnations, you can choose which one is the correct one, but you also jump up to level 17. You're like, ah, amazing. I, that that yeah. to me is very, very cool. I think I would suggest to the players, you create another character. Yeah. Because you can choose between the three that you've played fine. I'm like, but what if for level 17, if we're going pure chaos, yeah. multi-class, yeah. do uh, a barbarian after all or something mm. like, you know. I just well, think, I, would, yeah. I would do it with the way I was saying, which is actually if I was going to run it, I'd do it that other way, which is that you then realise if you're the real one or not, she then is able to figure out, once you've done that bit, you could work it out that every single one of these glitches is doing it at the same time. You slowly have been levelling up as you've gone mm. along because other ones have done it. And then when she locks either you or of other versions, she knows you're the real one or not the real one, then she unlocks. So if you are the real one, if you get the mere, mere things correct, mm. you level up to 17. You're a version of it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. if you don't get it right, then you can choose any other one. That's how I would have it. Yeah. That's kind of what I would do. But I think that's right. I think any of the ways is, is a fun way of doing it and getting up to level 17 is always great. Then here's the thing. So obviously at level 17, you're like, oh, we're back, you know, we're feeling it. And then Rome says, I need you to help me get my brethren back out of this, this plane yeah. where they're stuck in. And then you get to play some. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoy it. Like I think it's really cool. There's not really like a an yeah. end boss fight. No. <laughs> Which I think if you're at level 17, you you kind of want to end boss fight. Um yeah. I do love the map, by the way, for Tyrant Spiral. It's so cool. I think it's so re- really beautiful. It's very... Very, very evocative. And it's just the idea that they just keep on going. It's so sick, uh, cyclical. You get to fight some beholders. But like, like you have to get them out by either getting them into several portals and jumping off, etc. But I think yeah. if they start jumping off into portals, fine. But then maybe that's when own, the owner, the dark lord yeah. of this place, or the other place is like, no, boys are my creatures. And then and then you're doing battle whilst, uh, you know, round after round after round. You do get to fight X O one, don't you? The oh, sort I of... guess. But then that that's an interesting one because that is because the X O one is the person that gets corrupted by the plane itself, and yeah. so so having to turn the mode on stuff around. I guess yeah, that I guess that is the big boss in the end. But I was expecting you know deity level. I guess that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Rather yeah. than when you're at level seventeen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all for fighting modrons. I I love them, but I I want to crush them. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I, I I I know what you mean. It feels like if you're going to go to the Semidid, you want to fight massive, big, 
a death tyrant sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The other way you could run it as well, which I think could be fun, is like you you could introduce the Illithid Ill- area to try and re-join mm. yourselves. Could be other ways you could play it. But yeah, I think it's fine. And then, because then also it, it makes it weird that you then go, once Archonloth Teresco is frustrated by the characters interfering with the plot and avoids her for a time, but she doesn't want to let annoyance get in the way of opportunity. She might even eventually contact the characters to evolve them in future schemes. It just feels weird. So I think if you did do the... Yeah. she didn't kill you bit and got rid of that then that would make that a little bit more a connection that you'd have to a faction mm. and just have that moving on agreed i do like the last bit of this though mm. which is the lady's gift it's unclear when or how it happened but the street around you is empty and still before you can ponder the cosmically infinitesimal chances of a sigil streak being empty a somber gray-skinned figure floats into your path the dabus hover silently as a string of illusionary images fade into view around it Prominent among them, these symbols, is the raisined image of the Lady of Pain. The first character seed on a DC antenna intelligence reads that it says, The lady saw what you did. She has a message. Stay out of trouble. The rickety plank door opens easily, revealing a wall of crusty bricks and gnarled razor wine. Embedded at the wall centre is a perfectly square metallic brick with a faintly growing tower-like rune on its surface. It's a cubic gauge, which slips from the wall effortlessly. The magic item is key to this door in sigil. And it basically opens up to the world of the material plane and three other planes of your choice. Fast travel has happened for you. And so you basically get a portal and the adventure ends here as the characters on the threshold of the multiverse, a place every bit as unpredictable and dangerous as it's always been. So there you go. So that's like a quick run through of the overall thing. I do enjoy this adventure a lot more than the Light of Thraxis, which was a Spelljammer one. Yeah. But the thing is, obviously, there are bits in it where we're going, maybe I don't understand this logic that's going on. But then we've gone, but that's all right, because we still like the main core elements of it, you know? That's it. I think that's it. I feel like the story needs work. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Needs to go through an editor. Yeah. Yeah, it needs a bit of an edit, but... As you said, it has the fundamentals of a good Planescape adventure, which yeah. is, is a really good introduction to Sigil, requires a lot of work on the DM's behalf to get into mm-hmm. Sigil, but I think that's kind of fine mm-hmm. because you just have to use the other books for that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It would be nice if they had done a better, more tailored experience, but I think that's fine. But then it gives you a nice little introduction to the Outlands. It gives you a view into all these different peoples of Outlands and hints at other planes that your players might be like, oh, that's interesting. This is where mm. I'm going to go next and leads you on a route through those things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, overall, yeah, I really like it. Again, it is just like little changes of anything. Like I wouldn't change Shemeshka at all. No. I think all the key elements are there compared to like, I know I keep going back to Sarexis. I was just like... I don't like any of these people. Yeah, no, I like the characters. I just change the motivations. Yeah, and I think that's that's such an easy thing to do when the, when you enjoy yeah. the story as much as we have. I wonder again, maybe this is just Fiona being like big brained. I think I would just make it that the uh, Mimir has um, lost all the gate towns, so you have to go visit them all. Yeah, and do your own Modron march essentially. You know, I think I would if you were up for expanding on it, and I think they're all great. You could just use the adventure hooks. Mm. they've got in all the other gate towns to to start yourself off if you haven't got one or just go to any of the Planescape books from 2E and, and read those or Definitely. listen to us talking about them on the <laughs> DMs Work Club. Oh. And if you want to go to any of the planes as well, do that as well. But we've got actually something quite special for yes. the next episode, haven't we, Hamilton? Yes. 
well, well I'm, I'm I, handing it I, over to you so you can talk about it because I went to the D&D Beyonds uh, which is where I get everything mm-hmm. and I found that there was a thing called the Mortuary Adventure Atlas it's a it's a new source thing it's a supplement which basically outlines the mortuary from mm. Planescape it allows uh, someone to sort of it gives loads of different rooms and experiences and interactions and encounters within uh, the mortuary for different mm. tier levels. So it has ones for one to four, five to 10, 11 to 16, and then gives you locations to deal with those sorts of levels. And I thought Fiona could take me on a little journey. Yes, absolutely. A little journey and see if I can escape the mortuary. Yes. The solo adventure. Well, you know, as in six, one, yeah. one on one GM. One-on-one, Fiona versus Hamilton, who will win in the mortuary? Exactly. (laughs) To be honest, if that was ever going to be a a, a, a battle arena, it would probably be that. Choose your arena, Fiona. Horror. (laughs) (laughs) Mortuary, Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Have you looked at it? I haven't looked at it yet, but I know you have. I had a quick look at it and I was like, oh, a Necrocore? Okay. Uh, I was like, oh. Vault. Yeah, there's the Spirit Sump. There's loads of different, like, places that you could take me. I think you can choose a few. You know, you. I think start me off in this. You do you. I don't know. I'm not that. Why am I telling you what's DM? And I don't know. But yes, yeah, so, yeah. But next year, so uh, next next time when we record, yes. we'll go through uh, the mortuary with my character. With your character, yeah, yeah, yeah. What so level I, am I going to be? What level uh, do you want to be? I'm just going to say it now. Uh, level ten. Level 10. level 10, good solid, good so solid. Le- so I'll just say level 10 rogue, because that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What am I going to be? Assassin? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Have a think about it. Don't think about it too hard. Uh, you can come up with your I own will. background I'm and stuff. I'm going to min-max and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, you might have to, being one-on-one. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, it's interesting because the... D&D Beyond has like extra things. Obviously, we've had those like volume yeah. companion, monstrous companions, depending on yeah. where they come from. They've had one recently about uh, Minecraft, and then they had one about Eladrons and Feywild stuff. And then they've had little adventures like, oh, more more Minecraft stuff, more this. So I do think that this particular mortuary stuff is like extra stuff they just couldn't put in yeah. to the Planescape books. So they're like, well, we just give them as yeah. a primer, give it as a taster. And it's the same thing. They had it for the Golden Bolts as well. They had the yeah. Prisoner 13 as a taster, and they're like, well, this is actually in the book. So now they're creating extra content. Are they? Well, think about it. Like uh, the Starforge uh, adventure. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying they'd made extra content for Golden Vault. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I think no, that's what it started as. And they're like, yeah. well, why don't we just create new stuff rather? Because otherwise people are like, oh, we've already got this in the book. Yeah. So I think so. stuff like the Starforge, uh, those extra monster mm. companion uh, volumes, and then now this, like the Mortuary. So exciting times. It's really good. And I, I love more of these things. I love one for each of the... The Harmonium Prison uh, is a great, the Grixit Tower. I mm. actually, there's a really good map of that on the internet. And I actually, before one of the prison towers, the Tower of the Worm, I think I use, which is what it used to be called. I use in my other Planescape venture. There's a good Harmonium Barracks map online. And I use that as a good little place to muck about in because like breaking into the multiverse's prison. Mm. And that's like talking about high stats. A, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Fiona. Yes. What, what are we, who, are we doing it this way around? Yeah, oh, God, we're doing it this way around. Yeah, we're doing it this way around. I thought I'm going to muck up the... We're, we, we're glitching. We're glitching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So who are you? Uh, why are you? When are you? And where are you? 
Uh, well, hello, my name is Hamilton. <laughs> I, uh, I do uh, that was a spell gem, which is coming out next time. No. My name is Don't Fiona. do this, no, please don't. Oh, Let's God. chill each other's. Let's okay, do it. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, hi, my name's Hamilton. Um, I do lots of things. Uh, I've got Bowers' spell gem is coming out. I've worked on it really, really hard, and it is coming out this month. It's coming out next month. Uh, we've got we've got uh, Jeremy from Free Black Halflings. We've got Chloe from Deck of Many Aces. We've got Taylor from Backwater Basses. They're all playing different carnations of Bowers. Anyway, you don't have to look at it. It's fine. Um, we've also got uh, has a stripes that's my youtube where i do my necromunda stuff uh the tale of four gangers it's all warhammer stuff but again you don't have to look at it if you want to but i did get over a thousand people subscribed to me recently but don't worry don't, don't worry about it um what else do i do oh i do this with fiona um i'm going to dragon meets <laughs> Um, oh, I've got a Kickstarter ooh, uh, for my Demon Slayer Morkborg. Uh, but again, you don't need to look at it. Very much like Infinity Castle stuff, but again, that's not out here. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, And yeah, uh, but I'll be at Dragon Beat and we'll be doing the uh, Morkborg uh, the, the last Christmas before Cthulhu. I, you know what? It doesn't matter. Just just, just look at my stuff, uh, but, don't, but don't talk to me about it. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so called out. Oh, that is so me. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah. Um. But Go but on. but I I don't know how Go to on, answer do it, that. Do it now. Uh, what are you up to? What new things are happening for you, uh, person that's across from me, my co-host? Do we have to say the actual thing? Come on, well, who are you? Oh, what are... oh, we're doing it that way around. Yeah, we're okay. doing. Yeah. Uh. So uh. So so Hamilton, uh, who are you? What are you? Why are you? When are you? And where are you? <laughs> who am I? Well, I'm. Fiona, <laughs> what am I? A human being? Why am I? Good question. I'll have to ask someone else. <laughs> when am I? Well, it's twenty two fifty five on the seventh of November, twenty twenty three. Mm. Where am I? I'm so glad you asked. I run the one of my rolling podcasts, <laughs> a twice monthly podcast where I to play different games from the TTRPG world. Also, interview loads of fancy people. I've been just recently doing uh book. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's gone right out of my head because I've got more ball in my head and it's not that I've just been doing yeah uh, my brain is hurting so much right now what is it going rogue 2e but it's fine. going rogue 2e that's it going rogue 2e which is a, a little rules light uh, game where you play as uh, rogues basically <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Short. Sure. Cool. Cool. Is cool. That what it is? Tight. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got some interviews. I'm organising right now. I was emailing someone earlier today about one. We'll get back to that later. Content. 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 I'm going to do more content. <laughs> I'm doing so much for Dragon Me. You better come. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you better come. I'm tall. <laughs> I'm probably going to be hanging out with some famous people uh, at some point. And uh, yeah, whatever. Our impressions of each other are great, but also damning. <laughs> we really need to up our, up our game. On that note, Fiona. <laughs> on that, on that, on glitchy that note. note. Glitch, on that now glitchy note. Now we're back note. to being who we are again. Oh, gosh, oh, I need a cup of tea and a lie down. Um, but yeah, thank yeah. you so much, Hamilton. Thank you for sharing uh, your love of Planescape as, as got us to this point after Travel Book Club. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend again, if you want to check out our you know Guide to the Planes, check out mm. Travel Book Club. And watch it in, in video format on the YouTubes as well, because we actually have got nice pictures and and our faces mm. yeah our faces uh, you, <laughs> and our if faces you, if you look very closely i move twice uh <laughs> you do actually at one point i think you're in your work as well yeah that, that's and what i meant yeah aren't you also in the americas at one point as well i think i am yeah i think i, I moved several See, times i think it's not more than twice i think you're in three four different locations 
And you, you just are in the same. You don't I'm, change. <laughs> I don't move. <laughs> you are in sigil, and I'm in the other planes. That's what we've discussed. I, I take that. I am sigil. You are the outlands. Yep, that's 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 a different realms in the outlands. Uh, but yeah, do check that out. And maybe maybe we'll come back to do those other planes we were talking about previously. The the um, yeah. positive and negative and elemental and inner, inner planes. I'm interested to, to to look at them actually. As I've said, I've read the elemental planes one, and it mm. is good. It yeah, is good. So we should do it. it. We should do it. We should do it. All right. Well, with well, all that out of the way, thank you so much for listening. And as mm. always, we will see, we'll you, see you on the on flip the side. Flip side. Beow, 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 beow. Oh, <laughs> my